Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Napa know-how. Keeping it simple is usually a good thing. And when it comes to rewards programs, keeping it simple is always a good thing. That's why we made the Napa Rewards program effortless. All you need is your phone number to start saving on the parts and tools you need. Then we automatically give you $5 off your next purchase for every 100 you spend. So start saving today with Napa Rewards. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Blog Talk Radio. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I am MC Money, joined by certain the creepy soccer dad and Big Papa House. And we are here with you live tonight, as we always are every Tuesday evening or sometimes Wednesday. And we have a fun show tonight. We are going to rank the top three dolphins of all time. Yes, that is right, the top three dolphins of all time. We could have done top five. We could have done top seven. We could have done top ten. We could have done top 20, top 50. But no, we are doing top three. We are going to make it very hard on ourselves. And I have been ringing this through my head over the past few weeks, past few weeks meaning the past 24 hours, of who I would put in my top three. And it's very hard, and I'm going to be talking out loud on the air before we make our final uh, list. And what we'll do is this. We will narrow down our top three for, for each of us from top five. We'll have a top five, then we'll narrow it down to top three. From that point, we will then talk out loud to each other as opposed to whispering or texting each other while there's dead silence on the air. And then (laughs) we will come to a consensus. Uh, We'll each have our top number one guy. um, And then we'll come to a consensus number two guy. And then we'll put up the question up on Twitter and we'll put it up on our Finsider Radio Live there and we'll have you guys vote. And we'll see who is the top three fans opinion as well after it because that is what we do here on Finsider Radio we bring the show to you the fans because without the fans we'd be absolutely nothing and by fans I mean all seven of you listening yes that's right we are increasing <laughs> our listenership up from three from previous weeks we are now up to seven and of course we thank all of our loyal listeners 
Certain Moving up. <laughs> certain the soccer dad, I heard you had a very uh, interesting day at work today in terms of being able to do whatever the hell you wanted. Because when the boss is away, the uh, mice will play. Is that how it goes? Or when the cat's away, the mice will play. And uh, according to you, the cat was away today. Is that correct? Yeah, the cat was away, so the tweeters will play. And oh, I was happy. Oh, you see what I did there? Um, yeah, so I opened up my Jesus. my tweeter, my tweeter about nine thirty in the morning this morning, and I saw that Andre Branch had retweeted some game film that I did of his. So got my tweeter off to a good start today, man. What about yeah, you guys? Man. Big Papa, I, I, how was how was your cooking today for the elderly? Yeah, I was gonna say I actually had to do some work and had to <laughs> I had to clean up some flank steak and marinate it so uh, that was fun keep keep the troops in line um Sutton how how upset are you that you didn't join Twitter sooner and when uh your boss was out of town you weren't on there you know tweeting well you know it's I kind of like that everyone is going before me so I can just you guys have done all the hard work like accumulating all those followers and then you guys just say like oh hey you should follow Sutton so then I come in and collect all your followers. So it's been pretty easy so far because you guys are doing all the hard work. But I haven't had my first game experience on Twitter yet. So I think that's really going to be the defining moment for me is Bad. Uh, all, the, all, all the information that comes out during the game, during Twitter. Can I ignore it? You know, what do I do? So, I, you know, I haven't really thought about it yet. It's it's not just the game experience. It's when the it's when shit like goes real bad and goes down south real fast. Where you'll see people turn real quick and Tannehill, <laughs> he's out there. They're leaving him <laughs> high and dry. They're ready to crucify him. I mean, it get it gets real ugly. I mean, <laughs> everything's fine and dandy now. You think there's some people that hate Tannehill, but as soon as that game goes bad or he does something wrong, I mean, it, it gets freaking ugly. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter I can is worse. Twitter's the absolute worst during football. No matter what fan base you're part of, you can say Dolphin Twitter is a uh, absolute dumpster fire, and it is during the season. But I love them. That goes, Gotta love that goes them. for every fan base. And my rule of thumb, Sutton, is I do not go on Twitter during the games because the overreaction from everybody. I mean, I've seen it where the Dolphins go three and out on their first drive, and Dolphins Twitter is is just trashing <laughs> the entire team. Ready to cave. Fire yeah. everybody. People are burning their jerseys after the Dolphins go three and out the first drive, and it's just an absolute mess. Uh, I, can, so I, can I, only, I can only imagine. I can only I imagine. can't wait. I can't wait until the Dolphins start playing. And even in preseason, it's the overreaction is absolutely insane. Whether someone does good or bad, uh, it's going to be absolutely amazing for you to witness this firsthand. And I wish yeah. we could sit together and watch the first game of this and then have a Twitter displayed up on a big screen with, in live time and you see all the tweets coming in and the reactions. So maybe you can FaceTime me uh, during we that three. first game. Yeah. We could do a we have to make sure We have to make sure we unblock everybody. So, like, I want I want the Jordan McGee's. I need all those. I need all the all the crap. Yeah. I'm you think we, could, we think we could make that work? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, all right. So – if you want to call in to Finsider Radio, uh, please don't because we have a lot to talk about. No, I'm just kidding. We will take your call <laughs> for five minutes tonight from 945 to 950-347-326-961. 347-326-9461. Interact with us if you'd like. Interact with us on a live thread. 
We have our loyal live thread listeners, Alpha Daytona Dolphin. I uh, don't know if anyone else is in there. Actually, Nash Max made an appearance in there, so that was nice. Oh, no, Alpha quoted uh, mine. And, uh, yeah, Daytona Dolphin, Alpha 6, our loyal listeners, Rob Dibbles, Doubles, whatever his name is, uh, the guy on Twitter who is absolutely has no filter. Great and, guy. Uh, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, immediately call in. If you're listening, Robert, just put a tweet out saying you're listening, and we may or may not retweet you. And, uh, you know, Rob Carruth, I haven't gotten a question from him today, so I'm a little okay. upset, Rob. Uh, actually, two hours ago. Just kidding, Rob. I think he's asked the same question for the past five weeks, and we just haven't answered. So maybe we'll answer this his tonight. And Esteban Sobrero is another one of our loyal listeners, and of course, mom, dad, and my wife as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Let's get started on our top list. So here's what we're going to do, boys. We're going to rank five for top six. If you're having trouble narrowing down to just five, oh my God, our lines are blowing up. We will get to you no. callers at 9:45, which is about eight minutes from now. Just stay on hold. We'll <laughs> back in eight minutes, but man, those low lines are killing it right now. Um, Just answer them. Screw it. <laughs> you want to answer them right now? All right, let's bring on the first caller. 815-312-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah. Welcome to Finsider Radio, area code 815. Who are you, and what can we help you with? Uh, my name's Keith. How are you? Hey, Keith. What's up, Keith? I've, I've been a Dolphin fan since 1970. I went to every game for 10 straight years. Uh and you know I'm a diehard fan. I do, and I like what they've done so far. But I don't understand why they're not addressing the backup center position with Mangold, and why they're not uh, looking for another defensive tackle. It doesn't make sense to me. They've got a good team, but they have two glaring weaknesses. And there are players out there they can sign. I don't get it. Okay, so you're you're saying the backup center position and the backup tackle position, correct? Right, and maybe the backup tackle could. Uh, I mean, with I'm not a big fan of Phillips. To me, he's uh, he's on and off. I, I'm just not that impressed. They need yeah, somebody alongside Sue that can that can play. Tackle, not offensive tackle. Okay. Defensive All right, tackle Keith. and offensive guard slash center. All right, Keith. We're going to answer your question. Two biggest weaknesses gonna... on the team right now that there are players out there that they can sign right now for good for not real expensive that will help the team. I don't get it. All right, Keith. Keith is upset. So we're going to put Keith on. He is freaking livid. Keith, we're going to keep you on the line. We keep all of our callers on the line. We do put our callers on mute so we can answer the question. But uh, Keith Keith is very upset, and we're going to help Keith calm down. Um, This is the therapy that I talked about a few weeks ago. When you want to call in and just vent to us, we will help you through your ordeal. So, Keith, um, but I'm with you, bro, because you're right. I mean, I'm looking at the depth chart right now. you got Mike Pouncey and Jake Brendel. As the two centers on the team, and really, you can't count on Mike, right? Um, if you look at anyone else who might be able to jump into the center position, Ted Larson, that doesn't excite anybody. Uh, Craig Urbic, maybe, that doesn't excite anybody. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I am 100% with you, Keith, on that center position. And the defensive tackle, yeah, you got Sue and Phillips, but you do got the two rubies, rookies. You got Gottschalk and Vincent Taylor, so... I think the Dolphins need to see what they got there, and then Lawrence Okoy as well. So we'll see. And then, of course, Keith, uh, don't forget the Dolphins like to rotate their players along the line. So you'll see Cameron Wake play inside. You'll see William Hayes play inside. You'll see Andre Branch play inside. You'll see Terrence Fidey and Charles Harris inside. So I'm not too concerned about that, but the offensive line, you are absolutely correct. So, Keith, uh, what we do here on Insider Radio, we answer your question. We let you go. 
We do thank you for calling. Send us a shout out on Twitter. We'll give you a follow. Uh, first time listener, Keith, thank you for calling. Have a great night. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, I'm Keith through his problems. Um, he was very upset. He needs to go have a bar or something. That was, he was, he was pissed. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's get to our top five list. All right. Which <laughs> one of you boys wants to go first? I think I'm going to call on you, Big Papa House, because you are the uh, ranking guru and you rank lists like no other person can rank in the world. <laughs> so. I don't even know what that what means. I'm not even sure what, what that means. <laughs> just, just go with it. What I want to hear from you is this. I want to hear your number five guy, your number four guy, and your number three guy. I don't want to hear your number two and number one yet. All right. Your five. So this, this is all time, correct? This is all time. From the very first time the Dolphins existed to the time that they're going to be underwater from global uh, warming. All right, so I'm looking at guys that I wasn't even alive to watch play. But for me, all right, let's start this here. For number five, we'll go with uh, – damn. Mm, I guess I'll go with oh, – I hate to do it, but I'm going to go with Zach Thomas. And then uh, at four, I'll wow. go with – Yeah, at four, I'll go with Larry Zonka because, I mean, I looked up his stats, and they were just freaking insane. I think it was uh, freaking 53 touchdowns over eight years with Miami. And, I mean, he was a huge part of that – the 72 and 73 teams, so I'm going to go with Zonka there. I know Mark uh-huh. Clayton played a huge role there in Miami, so I mean, there's a uh, three, four, and five. I mean, they're interchangeable. I uh, I'll admit that as much as I'm a guru at ranking, this didn't put that all that much time into it, and kind of just winged it as soon as I got on here. So <laughs> that that was that was a list I made before I came on. I'm going to stick to it. Uh, I did want to throw Tannehill and Landry on there just to either get people pissed off or you know just to <laughs> Just to be a wise ass, but uh, I mean, I mean, you can't forget Pat White either. He was he's definitely up there with Cleo Lemon and John Beck. But those, those are my three right there. Three, four, and five. Who was your three? You broke up when you were talking about your third guy. Clayton. We'll go with we'll go with Clayton. Uh, sir, in the soccer dad. How about you? Five, four, three. Okay, five, four, three, and I'm coming from the perspective, and how it's already mentioned it. I wasn't alive when a lot of the important players in terms of Dolphins tradition played. So I don't, I feel a little bit disingenuous, including them in my ranking, because I don't know what they did or what they brought to the team. Although, you know, I respect everything that they brought to this organization. I don't know how they played. So um, I'm going to go from the perspective of the players that I had the privilege of watching while I was a child and growing up. So I'm going number five, I'm going Sam Madison. Number four, I'm going Cam Wake. And number three, I'm going Zach Thomas so far. Okay. So some more modern guys. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. All right. So now it's my turn. And I did put some time into this, unlike um, out. We'll yeah, forgive me. Him. Okay, we'll forgive him. He has some uh, stuff going on in his life right now. I did so, well, though. <laughs> that wasn't an awful list, was it? I mean <laughs> – no, no, that was a very good list. So here's my five, four, three. <laughs> my number five guy is Jason Taylor. And I, when I was ranking my list, I thought about I, I thought listen, I thought about linemen like Larry Little and Kuchenberg and uh, I said Larry Little and Dwight Stevenson, those guys. But for me, 
if you're going to be one of the greats of all time, you need to be at a skill position where there are plenty of other options to replace you. And people at the skill positions to consistently produce at a high level, that, that impresses me more. And nothing against offensive linemen, um, but I just think it's much harder to succeed over a long period of time in the NFL. <laughs> I did <didn't. coughs> Sorry. Everybody okay? I thought that was fun, honestly. That was pretty fun. No, it wasn't. It wasn't me this time, I swear. I'm like, damn, dude, okay. (laughs) I still have morals. I'm back. (laughs) I'm back. (laughs) I don't know what happened there. Holy crap. For me, you know, a skilled position player having an impact over a long period of time is much harder than an offensive lineman. When an offensive lineman and offensive tackle gets drafted to the NFL, you can pretty much tell very quickly if they're going to be a future Hall of Famer, not Hall of Famer, but future All-Pro, future Pro Bowler, and so forth. And they can maintain that consistency. Like, look at Laramie Tunsil. Everyone said, right, oh, he's their tackle for the next 10 years. You don't ever see that with a skill position. You might hear people say that, but no one knows for sure, even Tunsil or any offensive lineman for sure but the chances of the hitting on those guys are much greater than hitting on skill position players. So Jason Taylor started 184 games for the Dolphins, mainly a defensive end, but also uh, moonlighted as an outside linebacker as he went down career. When Jason Taylor entered the NFL, um, people said that he wasn't big enough and he wasn't going to make it, but he was driven. He was passionate. He had grit. And he collected over 124 sacks for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he recorded over 471 tackles, had over eight interceptions for 110 yards and three touchdowns. The, the list goes on um, of the impact that he made during his time with the Miami Dolphins. And the, the, the success that he had coming from Akron or Akron, Akron, and Akron. to have this Akron, Akron. Akron. sorry, sorry. Akron. One, one of success that Acorn. this guy had Acorn. was absolutely amazing. <laughs> Acorn. Shut up. Shut up. 48 forced fumbles. Six of those returned for touchdowns. Eight interceptions. 774 combined tackles. 233 games out of those 233 started 199. Amazing, amazing, amazing. But he's my number five. My number four is Paul Warfield, one of the greatest wide receivers in NFL history. Still holds records for this day, team records for average yards per catch for a season at 25.1 and for his career, 21.5. And Warfield is someone who was one of, uh, you know, a, a favorite target. And he did play for the Cleveland Browns for the first six years of his career in the last seasons of his career. But in the middle of his, his career, he played 60 games for the Dolphins from 1970 to 1974. And I know that might be, oh, well, he only played four years for the Dolphins. How can he be the greatest of all time? But he was, right? Um, he was the starting wide receiver for the Dolphins in the 70s dynasty, the early part of it. He caught 156 passes for 3,355 yards and 35 touchdowns. He was known for his speed, grace, and overall ability. For each of the five seasons he played with Miami, he was selected to the Pro Bowl, and of course is a member of the Hall of Fame and plays 
a, a, a decent role with the Dolphins these days. My number three guy is Larry Zonka, running back slash fullback, Super Bowl eight MVP. Absolutely brutal, tough guy. Perhaps one of the greatest fullbacks uh, in the history of the NFL. Now, it doesn't go without controversy because Joe Robbie did not want to pay Zonka market value, which brought Zonka to the World Football League. And some say, and this might hurt a little bit, some say this may have cost the Dolphins another Super Bowl title. They think if Zonka was there another year, they would have won another Super Bowl. Nonetheless, he played for them from 1968 to 1974, and also 1979 started all 106 games in which he appeared at fullback for the Dolphins. Many people describe him as a brutal ball carrier who preferred to run through would-be tacklers as opposed to going around them. Does that sound familiar? It should because you have Jay Ajayi who absolutely does the same thing. Zonka rushed for 15, rushed 1506 times for 6,737 yards and 53 touchdowns. And in a time where catching balls out of the backfield was not a popular thing, he caught 91 of those passes for 688 yards and four touchdowns. One describes him as the bust before Jerome Bettis was born. He came back when he was 33 years old and had a productive final season scoring 12 touchdowns on 220 carries for 837 yards. Made the Pro Bowl every season from 1970 to 1974. Comeback Player of the Year in 1979. Inducted into the Hall of Fame in the class of 1987. So, those are my top uh, bottom three of the top five. Let's take this one caller on the line. and Let's go. We'll then discuss our uh, number two and number one. All right. Area code 954540. Who are you? What is your name? And why are you calling us tonight on Insider Radio? Hey. 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 Good. How are you? Good. First time listener. Um, I was uh, welcome website for your articles by that. Um, I'm calling because I'm worried about Soldier vs. Landry thing. Um, yeah, the contract. I think we're playing, playing a little bit of Russian roulette. Um, you know, Kerr and Carew still, you know, expect big things from them, but this offense circulates around injury, and um, every catch he makes is going to get more expensive. And I just want to know the level of confidence you guys have that they're going to get a deal done, whether it's before the deadline or if it's franchise on or a you know, long term contract. Um you know, what what do you guys you know, you guys dive in there in regards to retaining him because um he's twenty four years old and uh he might have more contract, you know, before he's thirty obviously, so I mean he's potential to be really good for a really long time. And the second thing I want to talk about is I I don't buy the whole he's an Alphax, not a outside fever, he's a slur. Because the way he's used on the team, he's as valuable as an Antonio Brown or Des Bryant or Julio Jones. Um, he has to catch a lot of short passes, but when he's isolated with the linebacker in the field, like in the Arizona game or the Jets game, and even normal game, he turns small catches into average catches that when you average out, he's up there with, with the top receivers. So 
Um, I'm hoping that Miami does their thing in science, you know. All right. We're going to put you on mute. Thank you for calling. We thank you for listening for the first time as well. So we, you were breaking up a bit there uh, on the phone, and we did get most of what you were saying about Jarvis Landry and the contract situation. And I've been telling everyone who's been listening to this show for the past several months, <clears throat> listen, uh, deadline spur action. I know there hasn't been much discussion with the Dolphins reps and Jarvis Landry at this time. But deadline spur action, and there's really no reason for the Dolphins to get moving on the contract right now. And believe it or not, a lot of the Dolphins' top execs are on vacation right now, including coaches. This is the time they take vacations, the month of June after the last mini camp or training camp, that they go away, they recharge. Because, listen, once training camp starts, these guys are going 180 miles per hour from training camp until the end of the season and then some more. Okay, um, so really, it's a time for them to recharge. There's really not much activity going on right now at the office, and, and we just need to be patient and let that happen. And as far as what you were saying about Landry playing in the slot on the outside, he has, he has shown that he can play outside. He, could show, he has shown he can play inside. He has shown he can play all over, whether he can do it on the outside consistently over his 16-game season, and that's all he's playing. Maybe we'll never know, but, you know, you can never underestimate the heart and the desire of someone like Jarvis Landry. So thank you for calling Finside Radio. We hope you call again next week, and uh, we hope you continue listening. All right, back to our list, okay? Let's, let's talk about now our top two. And uh, certain, the soccer dad, we're going to start with you. Go ahead. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Give first me, of give all. Me your, yeah, give me your number two and your number one. Okay. Uh, first of all, I felt like when that dude just called that we were communicating with an alien, like we had enough information to like assemble the overall message, but it was so broken up. Like that was interesting that we put that all together and I'll just throw this out there. This might be an unfavorable take on the Landry, um, contract scenario, but how is, how is he out going to, how is he going to outperform what he's done already? So uh, I, I just I, I don't I don't see the price tag getting that much higher based on what he does this year. So I think the cautious approach is okay. Um, but yeah. anyway, yeah, does that that seems reasonable, right? Um, so going back to our list, number two, I got Jason Taylor, and this is my this is my boy. I mean, like him and Zach Thomas were really what defined my Dolphins childhood. So. Um, to see this guy get be a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, I love his swan dive that he takes across when he scores a touchdown on defense. Um, I just love, you know, you you had mentioned earlier MC Money about him being undersized and people doubting him, and it's just a great story. Uh, he was a great professional on and off the field for us, and I just I will always have very favorable memories of Jason Taylor. And then number one, I don't even – I need to speak his name. I met him when I was five years old, and I've been hooked ever since I met that man. Danny Marino. John Beck. John Beck. Oh, Dan Marino. Okay. All right. Dan Marino at the number one spot. That was a shocker. No surprise there. All right. How to was your number two and your number one? All right. Well, first, since we're all going to touch on the Landry situation, I looked up the numbers. 15.682 was the franchise tag for uh, receivers in 2017 or 2016 rather. And I, I do think like you, like you touched on, I mean, I think a deal's imminent. There's no way that this team's going to let Jarvis Landry walk in free agency, whether people think he can play outside or inside. I mean, he's a huge 
asset to this team. He's a big part of what the Dolphins do offensively. Uh, ever since Adam Gates got in here, I mean, they re-signed guys like Andre Branch and, and a few others. So, I mean, you're going to bring back a defensive end like that who, who, uh, and to be honest, had one great season, and you're going to let one of the, in my opinion, one of the better receivers in the NFL walk. I just don't see Miami doing that. I definitely think we'll get a deal done, so everyone just needs to sit tight because Jarvis Landry will be a Miami Dolphin for a very long time. For me, I'm piggybacking on Sutton. This was the list that I had before I came into this. I know I told you I did countless days, countless weeks, countless hours <laughs> trying to figure out which guys I wanted in here. I'm going to go with Jason Taylor, number two. Uh, I'm not sure there's a more handsome guy that's ever been on the Miami Dolphins. I mean, you can take that however you wish, but Jason Taylor's <laughs> one handsome mother effort, and uh, he's one of my favorite players. I mean, I grew up with him and Zach Thomas and a few of those other guys, so I mean, there's a big reason of why I fell in love with the Dolphins. Maybe the teams weren't always great, but I mean, Jason Taylor, he's he was that one constant. It killed me when he went to Washington, and it killed me when he went to the, uh, to the Jets more than anything, but he ultimately, the Miami Dolphin, and always will be. And then Danny Marino, I mean, in my opinion, if he was in the NFL today, I mean, everyone can praise Tom Brady, do whatever they want with Tom Brady, talk about all the rings he had. I mean, you put him on this Miami Dolphins team in 2017 with these weapons he has with Jay Ajayi. I mean, he went through his entire career without a running back. So you give you give Dan Marino, Jay Ajayi, you give him Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry, and Kenny Stills. Are you freaking kidding me? Julius Thomas, I mean uh, – I bet the, the amount of touchdowns Dan Marino would throw for with this offense, I mean, it would be freaking ridiculous. And and he, he, in my opinion, is the best quarterback of all time. I mean, you can look at what Brady did. He has all the rings. He has all the accolades. But, I mean, Dan Marino, he had the arm. He had the accuracy. And, in my opinion, there was never a better quarterback. So, I mean, Dan Marino is my number one, and I love that guy. All right. And, and- – and uh, it looks like House is a little pumped up right about now about Dan Marino. Drinking beer, dude. All right. All right. <laughs> so the IPAs and just uh, Dan Marino. That's all that counts. All right. So my top two, and this might be a surprise to some because none of you mentioned him. Tannehill. Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Tannehill. Uh, but Bob Greeting. And I feel like Bob Greasy is overlooked because, one, in the era he played, and two, because shortly after Bob Greasy stepped down as the quarterback for the Dolphins, uh, Dan Marino came along. So when you get a amazing quarterback and then following in his footsteps just a few years later, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, if not the best quarterback in NFL history, despite having no rings, it's hard to remember someone like that. But for all you uh, young whippersnappers out there like Houts and Sutton, um, Greasy started 151 games as quarterback for the Dolphins. <laughs> and you're younger Wait, than me, you? but go ahead. 40? Yeah, 50? and you're younger you? than me, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm serious. He completed 1,926 passes on 3,429 attempts for 25,092 yards and 192 touchdowns. Played in eight Pro Bowls. And in 1977, he led the league in passer efficiency with a rating of 87.8. Now, Greasy's accomplishments were even more incredible because at the beginning of 1977, he started wearing glasses on the field, revealing that he was legally blind in his right eye. Now, believe it or not, 
after wearing those glasses, his stats got better. Thanksgiving Day, 1977. He threw six touchdowns in three quarters. That's some Madden-level status right there. Okay, Greasy was finally inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1990 after being nominated and not inducted for four years. Joe Robbie called Bob Greasy the cornerstone of the franchise. While Greasy didn't have a great arm, listen, neither did Joe Montana. Or Tom Brady doesn't have a good arm either. That dude is a noodle arm. Throw short passes to Edelman all day. Come at me. Brady's a... Uh, <laughs> You're dumb. I'm going I'm to get fired. All right, so Greasy appeared appeared in three straight Super Bowl and has two rings. All he did was win, win, win no matter what. And the Dolphins became – did you guys get that? Did you guys get that? (laughs) That was brutal. You had to rehearse, didn't you? (laughs) I I did. And and the Dolphins during Greasy's time in the NFL were one of the premier franchises in the NFL. But, again, Dan Marino's shadow over Greasy's tends to put him down just a bit. And my number one guy, no surprise here. Drum roll, please. All right, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, one of the greatest running backs in golf. <laughs> I love that guy. Had his jersey, played with him in Madden, one of the best ever to the field in a pro player stadium. And Joe Rodgers Stadium, no, what an amazing no, talent. Not even, not even his parents feel that way. <laughs> no, I mean, no surprise here, Dan Marino, right? I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no argument when it comes to the greatest player in Miami Dolphins history who the number one guy is, and that is Dan Marino. Played for the Dolphins from 1983 to 1999, 242 games. All-time career leader in games played for the Dolphins, 240 out of 242 of which he started. When he retired in 1999, he owned every significant passing record in the NFL. He completed 4,967 passes out of 8,358 attempts for 61,361 yards and 420 touchdowns. Made the Pro Bowl nine times and was a starter all nine times. He was the MVP of the NFL in 1984, his second season in the league, when he set records with 5,084 yards and 48 touchdowns. After being uh, severely injured in 1993 with his Achilles, he was voted the NFL's Comeback Player of the Year in 1994 and the Walton Payton Man of the Year in 1999, inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2005. And, yes, I was there with many other Dolphins fans to see him get inducted, and what a great weekend that was. But, of course, we cannot forget about Dan Marino's leading role, not leading, but featured role in Ace Ventura Pet Detective, in his appearance and a Hootie, Hootie and the Blowfish music video. So Dan Marino laces out. Most importantly, he was an ace Ventura. <laughs> a very prominent role with the Dolphins these days. All right. Well, I'll tally up these scores of who we ranked. You two yeah, attack the line thread and let me know the questions and please answer them as well. Go ahead. Man, Sutton, you go first. Unless you're not there yet. Oh, how to go ahead. All right, here we go. Daytona Dolphin. Will Tannehill be using the quarterback option much this year or do fears of another injury keeping the pocket or at least just don't roll out? That's a great question. I mean, to me, I've always felt like Tannehill, one of his biggest assets was his speed and his ability to run the football. I mean, you have that 
added option there where he can either hand the ball to Jay Ajayi, throw the football, or even take off as a as a running threat. So, I mean, for me, I, I'm not sure that the Dolphins are going to be hindered by that injury. I don't think that Adam Gase is going to be skilled back his play calling. For me, I think even last year, the Dolphins kind of dumped down a little bit. I, I'd like to see Tannehill run the football more. Maybe that's just me. Uh, but I think he having that that added option in the offense just opens things up tremendously. I mean, I you watch the film and you see defensive ends or cornerbacks or even outside linebackers just crash down thinking they're going to hand the football off, and he just takes off for 20, 30 yards. So, I mean, you do think that the fear might be there with that injury, but I, I'd like to see Miami just continue to run the football with Dan Hill. Uh, yeah, give me a second. My internet connection is a little right. bit sketchy right now. All right, well, here, here you go, son. With Drake yeah, go ahead. So take promise, will the running back position be a committee, Williams, Ajayi, Drake, or will Ajayi get the bulk of the carry? You take that one. I think that's a good question. I think it's a fair question. I think uh, Ajayi is probably going to get the bulk of the carries, though, assuming um, health notwithstanding and all that kind of stuff. But um, I, I do think they're going to sprinkle Drake in a little bit more than Williams this year. Um, I'm pretty excited with the third down uh, possibilities with Drake at running back, um, going four wide. Uh, it's going to be um, – there's going to be some chess pieces with Gates to play with this year. So I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of sub packages and personnel formations that Gates comes out with this year. Um, all right, I got one. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to read that one. <laughs> uh, Alpha got one. I, 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 th- I think you know who, which one I'm talking about. Um, yeah, Alpha thought asked, about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alpha asked, who will be handling kickoff returns and punt returns? Um, I'll take kickoff returns. I think you're going to see Drake and that capability for the most part. Um, but I think you'll see – uh, Grant and Drake back there, and it really just depends which direction of the field that the kicker kicks to. If we can return it, it it just depends on which side of the the field that the ball gets kicked to. But we're not going to be able to uh, return very many kickoffs this year. All right, and, is that a live thread? And then and then punt returns to to Hout. Yeah, gonna, punt returns. I mean, returns. Landry. I mean, I know he took them a lot last season. I. I Ideally, you you would like to see him not really be back there in punt returns. I know he's a dynamic threat, and you can always take one to the house. But I'd like to see Jakeem Grant back there. I think Drake, like you said, he's going to have a big play in this offense. He's going to be a big pass uh, catching threat out of the backfield. I think Jakeem Grant should take those punt returns. I mean, and that all comes down to whether or not he can hold on to the football. That was a huge issue yep. last season. I mean, I'm still not even sold that he's going to be on the opening day roster if he can't get things together this preseason. So, I mean, the big question marks there for Grant, but, I mean, the speed's there. He's a big playmaker. I'd like to see him end up owning that and taking it throughout the preseason and becoming the punt returner and, like you said, kick returner. But, I mean, that's all up in the air. Drake, he's, yep. he's a safe bet. And then, like we said, Landry, he's he's always been the punt returner. He's that kind of guy that you can rely on. But, ideally, you don't want to see your number two, number one wide receiver taking punts. So, for me, I'd like to see Grant back there. All right. Anything else? I think that's it, man. I think, yep. Yep. At least the ones that we can talk about. All right. Real quick, I'm just going to run through these. Actually, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. Let's go about 10 more minutes on the show, okay? 
and let's figure out our top three to put up on our top four to put up on the Twitter poll. And then I'll live thread at top list and I'll answer the Twitter questions for us. So here's what we got. All three of us said Jason Marino in some order. Um, and the other two players got at least two of three of us were Zach Thomas from U2 and Larry Zonka from House and myself. Mark Clayton, Sam Madison, Cameron Wake, Paul Warfield, and Bob Greasy only got one out of three. Take those who got these two and, of course, the three. So here's what we're going to do. That's the, the ones who got um, three. Actually, no, here's what we're going to do. We have to decide between us in what order we're going to put Jason Taylor, Dan Marino, Zach Thomas, and Larry Zonka. Before we start, I'm going to put it up on the Twitter poll right now, and we're going to see what okay. our people think. And you two start discussing while I pull up. Where can it Taylor, Thomas, and Zonka possibly rank behind Dan Marino? I don't know, but I, Sutton, I'm probably exactly thinking the same thing you are. I mean, I'll, I'll okay. let you go first, but I'm okay. I got okay. Settled. Here's what I'm thinking, um, and I'm gonna go from top to bottom. I'll go Marino first. We're gonna go Jason Taylor second, Larry yep. Zonka third, and okay. uh, Zach Thomas fourth. Is that what you're thinking? I was I was gonna go the the opposite way, and I think I was gonna be biased just based on I mean, growing up watching Zach Thomas play. I mean, I originally said Zonka. I think I had him at three. I know I had him ahead of Taylor, but or uh, Thomas. But for me, I th- definitely think Marino's one, Taylor's two, and then uh, I, I'll I'll just agree with you just for the hell of it. I mean, we'll go. I mean, we'll go. It, but it's now, now you know because... what I I won't agree with you, and I'll leave this up to Kanata. So I'll go Marino. <laughs> I'll go Taylor. I'll go Thomas, and then I'll go Zonka. So it's up it's, to you, man. Yeah, it's just tough right. because we didn't watch Zonka play. So yeah, exactly. We watched it's Zach the play, highlights, so it's, and, and highlights you, look you great. Can only, you see the stats, and, I mean, he's a monster. Right, right. And, you just, and, and you just hear the stories about what he did while he played yep. and the, the amount of toughness that he had, and you believe it with all your being. Absolutely. So it's, it's kind of – yeah, it's kind of tough. It's like a freaking superhero, like a folktale, you know. It's like this <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously, how do you go? So, uh, yeah. Listen, just repeat that for me. How it's your top four? All right, I'm just I'm just different, uh, trying to be different than something. But I'm going to go Marino, Taylor, uh, Thomas, and Zonka. All right, uh, your top four, Sutton. And then I'm going Marino, Taylor, Zonka, Thomas. And I'm going to go, jeez, Marino, Zonka, Taylor. Thomas. So, so we're just completely screwed. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if we take the averages, right, we need to come to a consensus. And this is what Mike Tannenbaum does. So right now I'm Mike Tannenbaum, okay? And you're all just <laughs> peasant scouts. Right now. We're going to come to a consensus. Marino's just number one. Zonka three. Just make Zonka three. Marino's number one. The law of averages yeah. over Taylor would put him two divided so, by three is .66. Okay, just yeah. stop. I'll tell you what the order is, okay? Save us your algorithms. Look, it's going to be Mar- it, it's, I, it's, Mar- it's Marino, Taylor, and then Zonka. Because yeah, me I, and I, you both, me and MC Money both voted Zach Thomas to be fourth. So he's going to be last. And originally, Houts had 
Zonka ahead of Thomas. So, I mean, I just kind of yep. changed it up to try to get you guys to freaking duel it out. And then just So, the Finsider Radio top three Dolphins of all time history, Dan Marino, Jason Taylor, Larry Zonka. Tell us how you feel. Come at yeah. us. Nice Come Can at we do us. The fourth? Can we do the fourth? I feel like we're letting Zach Thomas out. That's kind of, that's hurtful. We can't do a fourth. God, he is freaking amazing. He, uh, Zach Thomas does, yes. He gets whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> <laughs> so Esteban, Esteban Sabrero, 37 minutes ago, nailed it right on the head. He said Zonka Taylor Marino from 3-2-1. So good job, Esteban. You are the man. Let's go to our live. I know we Matt, saw some Matt will PayPal you. Send you, send us your email. Matt will PayPal you. Daytona Dolphin <laughs> says five. Earl Morrill four. Paul Warfield three. Jason Taylor two. Larry Zonka one. Dan Marino. So same top three, a little different order. Daytona says Earl. honorable mention is Zach Thomas. Thirty nine is number one. Says number five, Dwight Stevenson. Then Larry Little. Then Jason Taylor. Then Dan Marino number two, and number oh, nine oh. is Larry Zonka. All right. No. Yeah, Sorry, number one is Larry Zonka. That's just wrong. Alpha Six <laughs> says number five, A.J. Dewey. Number four, Gary Morris. Number three, Mark Clayton. Number two, Jason Taylor. And Alpha, you are drunk. Number one is Zach Thomas. <laughs> even put Dan Marino on there. Alpha, drunk as F Dan, tonight. Dan Marino, Dan Marino should be the logo. Like, his head should just be the freaking. Yeah, you know, like. <laughs> Jerry dolphin, West, or at least Jerry West. in a dolphin. <laughs> Jerry like West. Jerry West. Yeah. Dan Marino should be the dolphin. All right, so uh, Rob Cruz asked, what's the biggest storyline you're going to see in training camp this year? Rob, there are a few underlying battles going on. There's really no direct competition, but more so number twos and number threes. And I'm interested in the cornerback competition to see how that plays out. I'm also interested in the defensive end position and the linebacker position to see how that plays out. I want to see Raekwon McMillan uh, make some noise and, and grab hold of a starting spot. I want to see Lawrence Timmons turn some heads. I want to see Xavier Howard stay healthy. I want to see Devontae Parker stay healthy. And I want to see Tony Lippett and Cordell Tankersley really come along as well and push Xavier Howard and Byron Maxwell for, for, that, uh, for that spot on the opposite side. And that nice rotation that the Dolphins can possibly enact there. Okay, let's take a look on our poll right now. Uh, Dan Marino running away with the vote, 89%. Jason Taylor with 8%. Zach Thomas with 3%. Larry Zonka, 0%. Brandon F. says, this is a debate, quoting my tweet, calling us out. No, it's not a debate. Okay? It is not a debate. Dan Marino is the number one. (laughs) Who was that? that? So we just wasted an entire show, right? Just to say that Dan Marino is number one. (laughs) Everyone knew that. We did get our top three, though, which was nice to see. And and I'm kind of surprised at the top three. Um, I, I thought Larry Zonka would be up there. I'm kind of surprised that Jason Taylor ended up at number two just because of the vast history of the team and so many great players. And, uh, you know, but no, I'm happy with that top three. And I will go to war with that top three. And if anyone wants to fight us on it, I will gladly oh, fight yeah. them. Yeah, at me. Any alley. Any alley. Yep. All right. Anything else to add, Sutton and House? I don't know, but someone just sent us a picture of a kangaroo petting a dog. I'm not even sure what to make of that. That's, well, that that's how you end the show right there. What the hell? <laughs> well, hey, just I, I want to um, wish you guys uh, good luck with upco- upcoming baby stuff. Um, yeah, want to give us sh- that. You're the guru. 
<laughs> yeah, so yeah. If there's any one true guru or anything at this show, it's me with kids. So um, at me with your questions. And also want to give out uh, a shout out to my buddy at home, Tom, who had his first child today. Nice, Tom. You are That's the man. Awesome. Way to go, Tom. You are the man, Tom. <laughs> yep. My, That's, all uh, I got. Kid... That's all I got, Brad. My Dan kid Marina's is at 92%. <laughs> My kid is coming in about two months, so it's getting yes. it's getting real. And how in MetLife? Will they be there in MetLife? Uh, my kid will not. Be, <laughs> I will be. It was worth asking. I will. Be, my kid will not. <laughs> All how, right. Well, how, are we gonna, are, wait. How Go are we going to see you with a baby? Are we going to see you with a baby Bjorn and a little house in your pocket? No, I'm. I'm. My wife's only due in November. She's due the day that the Dolphins play the Raiders on prime time. So, yeah, she'll just be freaking uh, huge for that MetLife game. But I'm not going to miss it, and I'll be there. So, excellent. Let's work that ass, and we'll be there. All right. <laughs> that is going to do it this night for Finsider Radio. We thank you for joining us each and every week. We'll be back next Tuesday evening with more fun, more intelligent conversation. And more, uh, I don't even know what to say because this show fails <laughs> every single week. But join us. It's you never know what's there. going to come out of our mouth. We'll see you next time. On behalf of Certain the Soccer Dad and Big Papa House, I am MC Money. Take care and have a great day. Hi, I'm Karis Fisher. I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Recode Decode. Every week I talk to tech and media's key players about how they're changing our world. I interview tech executives like Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, political figures like Hillary Clinton, and media personalities like John Carreyou, who literally wrote the book on Theranos. Once again, the name of the show is Recode Decode, hosted by me, Kara Swisher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. See you there.